Hey, Ashley here. I wanted to pop in really quick because this episode is a little different than what you're used to hearing. As part of my coaching, I actually bring in subject matter experts to help answer questions for my clients, people like personal trainers and registered dietitians. And this episode is actually a recording of one of those Q&A sessions. So I know you're going to get a ton of value. And if you are interested in that level of support, you should definitely check out my Healthy Habits Happy Life coaching program. And you can check that out at ashleymcgee.com slash healthy habits. I hope you enjoy and I'll see you in the episode. Hey, I'm Ashley McGee. I'm a health coach, military officer, and military spouse. I'm passionate about helping military women live their happiest and most abundant lives by improving their health. If you're looking for actionable tips and tricks to get healthier while balancing your hectic life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. Okay, so um, we are doing this kind of live Q&A with just Mary Catherine. (laughs) No one else can make it on. But um, for those of you that have not met Mary Catherine, uh, Mary Catherine Abbasier is our resident registered dietitian. So she is the face behind all of the meal plans and just good, sound food and nutrition advice and <laughs> all, all the things, all the things. So that how's that for an introduction? <laughs> I was about to say, and all the things. So it's perfect. Yeah. Obviously, I'm super excited that we met and I can give some background right so probably probably about a year ago right yeah I was gonna say I think in March of last year yeah so you you are a military spouse Mm -hmm. um which is something that's really important to me to contract within our community um so I I really like that that aspect um yeah but yeah I you know even as a coach like I don't, I don't have all of the formal expertise. So I want to make sure that my clients are getting the absolute best in, in all the information they're getting. So I love having you as part of the team. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm super, I, I love being part of the team. Like you're just <laughs> awesome. You make me happy. So it's, yeah. it's fun for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I did get a couple questions submitted from folks, so I figured we'll start there. And then if there's anything that you want to touch on uh, that you get, you know, common questions, we can dig into that because this recording will be available for folks to watch. So uh, first question I have for you is, um, this is from Erica. She says, I can't seem to eat eggs without some sort of starchy buffer in my stomach. Uh, My favorite go-tos were bread or potatoes but is there any veggies you would recommend that might be a good substitute? Mm, okay. So for example, um, something I've actually done myself, not necessarily for breakfast food, but like cauliflower rice, mm. um, they have various cauliflower medleys in the frozen food section mm-hmm. that are steamed mm-hmm. in a bag. Um, like they have a cauliflower risotto and they don't have any sauces or seasonings added. So Just a quick kind of side note, as far as questions I get frequently, frozen is fine. Um, A lot of times there's actually more nutrition in the frozen because it goes from field to freezer. Mm -hmm. So if it's out of season or not local, sometimes you lose some of the nutrition. 
Um, so you could try something like cauliflower rice. It's almost like having fried rice kind of, um, if you have the egg on top of that. Um, you could also try something like zucchini cakes. So um, back in college, my roommate would do like shredded zucchini with an egg um, and just make little pancakes out of them. So you could do something like that. Mm. Um, you could also do, there's like butternut squash spirals. That's, that's also in the frozen section. So I'm a huge proponent for convenient, healthy foods. Um, so a lot of times we can find a lot in the freezer frozen section in that frozen fruits and veggies, again, avoiding any added sauces or seasonings. Um, so there's quite a few in there that you could um, use with it. Yeah. So what I was going to say too, kind of as a note for Erica generally is obviously when we start with kind of clean eating, we minimize or eliminate a lot of common inflammatory foods, but that doesn't mean they they don't have to eat them forever. Right. So for example, you know, if she finds as she cleans up her diet that, you know, she doesn't have any inflammatory responses to bread, right. She can absolutely incorporate back in like a whole wheat bread, um, mm -hmm. you know, whole wheat, whole grain. So I want to like, let her know, you know, bread isn't always out of like, I mean, I have, I have a loaf of Dave's killer bread <laughs> in my freezer. <laughs> so, I love Dave's killer bread. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Yeah. Cause it's the best. And now it's on imperfect food. So it makes me happy. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So I want to like make that note. And then another thing that I just kind of thought of is that's kind of nice to have with an egg is if they ever, she ever wants to try making a chaffle. And I don't know if you've ever made chaffles. Oh, like the cheese waffle. Yeah. Heck yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah. So chaffles are, um, I mean, there's a variety of recipes. Actually, if you go on Primal Kitchen's website, they have like 12 different chaffle recipes. I haven't printed out. Um, wow. But it's nice because it's like, you know, egg, you can choose, you know, what type of cheese you want to use. So like I've done it even with like a goat cheddar because um, I'm less sensitive to like goat and sheep's milk versus like cow's milk. But putting in like broccoli, you can make it sweet or savory. You do it with like mm -hmm. almond flour. Um, so that's an option for people to, I think, check out as well if they're looking for kind of breakfast options and dealing with eggs. Yeah. And I've also, um, man, it was a long time ago that I made this in uh, my internship, but we made little like Parmesan cheese cups. Mm. So depending on the type of cheese you want to use, you just put a muffin tin upside down, mm -hmm. mix a little bit of egg in with the cheese and you pour it on top of the muffin tin and it like mm -hmm. forms a little shell. So you could like even put the egg inside of that shell. Yeah. Awesome. Her next question is any PCOS friendly desserts you would recommend? Sure. So with PCOS, the biggest thing is insulin sensitivity. So not everyone has insulin resistance. Not everyone has insulin sensitivity, but if they do, we want to be consistent carbs, ideally choosing things that have some type of fiber in them to kind of slow how quickly it's raising our blood sugar. Um, so with that, so I always say, and this is for, I'll get to that in a minute. Hold the question. So when I'm talking, when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, I have like a go-to formula that I use for snacks and it can also apply to desserts. So I'm going to describe it as a snack first because the veggies also involved and veggies and dessert, not the same. So um, our like go-to snack formula, start with a fruit or a vegetable, add a protein and or a healthy fat. So that's a snack. So if we're applying that same principle to our dessert, fruit is going to have fiber. So if we start with fruit as our base, of our dessert, 
and then we can add other things to it to make it more dessert-esque. Um, so for instance, you could start with apples, slice them up, and put melted dark chocolate on top and, I don't know, coconut shavings or whatever. You could do something like that. Um, so you could do like a fruit nacho. You could do banana and ice cream. Um, so if you freeze bananas, make sure you peel them first. Yes, that's such a pro tip. <laughs> um, peel them first, but then you can puree them. So, and I love that because you can make them very diverse. So you can add in things like cocoa powder. You could add in TB2 or peanut butter. You could add cinnamon. It's very diverse. So again, starting with that fruit, um, getting you some fiber and then adding whatever you want to complement it. So there's that. And then you could even do something. So I'm not a huge fan of frozen yogurt, but if you are eating yogurt and you can't eat dairy, or if you choose a non-dairy alternative, um, I would get the plain or low sugar version of just regular yogurt that you put in the fridge, but freeze it. Because when they make frozen yogurt, most of the time, it's about nutritionally the same as ice cream. Not always, but a lot of the time. So if you instead make the healthier option for like a refrigerator version, you can freeze that and then you have your frozen yogurt. Um, and you can add, you know, some type of fruit to that. If you wanted to, you could do berries. I like taking berries, um, especially if they're frozen. It works really well. Putting them in a bowl with a tiny bit of water and microwaving them. Make sure they're covered so it doesn't like splatter. Um, but microwave them for 30 seconds to a minute and it kind of makes a syrup without adding any sugar. I love it. Oh, such good pro tips. Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. I'm, like, I'm like mentally taking notes. Um, okay, so but on on that kind of same vein, right? Mm -hmm. What are common things to watch out for when you are looking to limit? And, and really, this is kind of applicable for everyone, right? Because when you're trying to lose weight, you want to minimize that inflammation response, which is usually mm -hmm. a lot of times caused by like an insulin spike, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when you gave a lot of great healthy options, what are things that people should be very cognizant of in, in avoiding or looking at, you know, as they look at labels, you're so good at like, okay, is the healthy option really healthier? What, oh, what are things favorite. that people should look for on labels to know if it's actually like, okay, this is a, this is truly our healthier option or mm -hmm. this is BS marketing. Yes. Okay. So, oh my gosh, I could go on like a soapbox for days on this. I love it. Um, so first of all, don't, before you get excited and put that item in your cart, flip it around because the back is not as appealing as the front. So we want to look at the back. So I actually have this as a purchase example. This works out though. This is here on my desk. So this is smart food, snickerdoodles, and it's like all cute and exciting. It was at Christmas time. I bought it for the bag example right there. Um, I haven't eaten it, but I use it for an example. So it's got a cute little ornament. I'm like, oh, excited, right? Maybe it has some like, claims and stuff on it. Number one, we want to know what the claims mean. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. But number two, we want to turn it around and actually look at what's inside. So regardless of if it's dessert or not, you always want to look at the added sugars. So added sugars show up everywhere from ice cream, like you think, to tomato sauce and ketchup. Like they are everywhere. Right. Um, so, and the, the beauty is that um, the label has actually been updated. So not all companies have updated it yet. There's a grace period for very small businesses, but 
now on the back of the label, I'm gonna try to hold this up. You can let me know if you can see it or not. But there is a line for the added sugars over here. Yep. Can you see it? Yep. So you always wanna look at that added sugar because you want it to be as close to zero as possible. So you wanna buy something with pretty much no added sugar. And if you need it sweeter, add your own sweetness because you control it. So that's, that's one thing I always tell people to look at. The second thing you wanna look at is, even if you think you're comparing labels and one is better than the other, you need to look at how many servings are in the container if you're gonna eat the whole container. And if you're not gonna eat the whole container, you need to know the serving size because my mentality is that all foods fit, but we need to know our portions. For example, yep. um, so I might see this and be like, oh, 150 calories. And then I look at something else and it's like 120. I'm like, oh, I'll pick the 150. But in reality, in one package of this, there's two servings, there's 300 calories. So we need to look at the serving size. We need to look at added sugars. Hey, Ashley here. And I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you don't belong in your body or just really over worrying about weigh-ins and passing fitness tests or honestly feeling like you just don't look like you should as a military woman and it kind of makes you feel like a failure? Listen, I understand how you feel. I used to be just like you. But here's the thing, I learned how to get healthy, to lose that weight and keep it off. And I've been helping other military women like you one-on-one. -on -one. But now I'm super excited because I've opened up a brand new group coaching program. This is the same method my clients have used to lose that stubborn weight, get stronger, and finally love the body you're in. No more worrying about fitting into your dress uniforms. Sign up now so you can start 2021 on the right foot. Doors close soon, so don't wait. Just go to ashleymcgee.com slash healthy habits to enroll. That's ashleymcgee.com slash healthy habits. I can't wait to help you take charge of your health journey and finally live the life that you want. And then the other thing is don't, fall victim to made with organic on labels. Made with organic, that means a certain percentage of ingredients are organic. There are certainly benefits, and I'm sure Ashley talk about it plenty of, you know, choosing organic. But just the other day, I was in the grocery store and I literally saw organic Gatorade. And I <laughs> wish I were kidding. I wish I were kidding. It literally Actually, said. Oh. I, I recently saw, oh, what was it? Oh, it was the Super Bowl. There was a commercial for like Bud Light Seltzer and it was like organic. And I was like, yep. oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, because they get you. They get you every time. So like, oh, such a pet peeve. But anyways, the, the Gatorade literally said water, organic cane sugar, die, 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 die. Like that was it. And I was like, yeah. this does not mean it's any better for me. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times the front of the label can be very deceiving. So I always say, look at the nutrition facts, look at the ingredients. So the ingredients are listed in order of most to least by volume. So if the first ingredient is sugar or high fructose corn syrup, then you, the majority of what you're eating has that in it. So you always want to look at that, that label and make sure that what you think you're getting, you're actually getting. Yeah. 
And you talk a lot about adding your own seasoning. I, I want to just throw this in here because it was, it, it's on the top of my mind. I had an argument with my husband about this actually <laughs> is, um, seasoning making your so for example like I make my own taco seasoning right me too and my husband and I were you know working on a recipe and he's like I want to get just buy taco seasoning I was like I just made a huge batch of it like why Mm -hmm. well I don't know the right ratios with your seasoning blah 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 blah. and so I picked up like you know what are the like packets of taco seasoning that you see and I same like I immediately look at the labels what Mm -hmm. what is in this right the first ingredient was cornmeal it was like corn flour yeah and i was like that's not even a spice like what why and then that's just in there so it doesn't all like get stuck together exactly literally just keeps it separated yeah so i think that like it's it's so easy to do like a quick google of like taco seasoning cajun seasoning you know whatever you're looking for and just like i i'll use little mason jars or Mm -hmm. and and you know make your own it takes not that much time and you're going to be avoiding all these like weird ass additives too that they keep for preserving that you're like you don't need that yeah the other thing i wanted to touch on was organic and Mm -hmm. um and i i talked about this actually on a coaching call today is that you know when you're on a budget right because organic can add up Mm -hmm. um the the clean 15 versus the dirty dozen yeah and knowing what to look for. So do you, um, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So basically just a, a kind of rule of thumb is the clean 15 is something. So how do I want to explain this? If you are not going to eat the peel of a food item, then more likely you don't need to get the organic version because the most exposure to pesticides and such is going to be that exterior part. So something like a strawberry, which is like porous and it can absorb everything, would be more important to prioritize as organic compared to a banana where you just eat what's inside of it and it hasn't necessarily been as exposed to the pesticides. Um, So that's kind of the rule of thumb. And I like using that rather. So the lists are very helpful Mm -hmm. and it's great if you have the list in front of you. But I like coming up with kind of um, real world on the go tips. Because if yeah. you're in the middle of like a gas station in the middle of a PCS, you're not going to like look at your list and be like, okay, which fruit here is okay. Um, but essentially that's kind of the rule of thumb is if you're not eating the skin or the peel, then it's more likely or needs to be less of a priority to purchase organic, especially as you're thinking of budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, also I know I talked about the frozen foods before, but again, sometimes frozen foods, um, because they go straight from field to freezer, preserve more of the nutrition. So let's say like berries, like strawberries are out of season, but you still want to buy organic. You can get organic strawberries in the freezer section so that you're still being budget conscious. You're still getting the organic strawberries, but you're, you're more cognizant of what you're spending. Yeah. Plus berries go bad so quickly. So, like, you I want to always have them like right mixed, before you eat them. Yeah, I always, I pretty much always have mixed berries in the freezer. Mm-hmm, um, me too. Yeah, because they're just a great go-to. Mm-hmm. So, um, those are kind of the main questions that I've been getting recently. Actually, Elida, I have one more for you. Okay. Um, and this is more of a mindset one, but mm-hmm. I know you work so much with healing women's relationship with food. Yes. Yes. So. 
when we're kind of projecting trauma into our relationship with food, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I, I teach um, affirmations, positive self-talk, mm-hmm. limiting beliefs, all that stuff to dig into. But I, I'm really curious if you have any other strategies um, to help heal that relationship a little bit. Yeah. So I have two strategies off the top of my head, like that we can add to that. So number one is eliminate the morality around food. Yes. And what that means is don't label foods as good or bad Mm -hmm. because that's reinforcing your all or nothing thinking. Mm. And if you tell yourself going back to this popcorn, right? Like I'm like, Hey, this is bad. Then I'm going to feel awful about eating it. And Mm -hmm. then I'm going to not want to eat it. So it's just going to sit on my desk, which is fun doing, not because of my relationship with food, but it's just been here. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's bad. I can't eat it. I can't eat it. I can't eat it. I'm restricting. I'm restricting. I'm restricting. And then it's like, okay, I need to give in. And you eat all of it way more than, than you needed to. And then because you labeled it as bad and you withheld it for so long and then you overindulge, now you're feeling guilt and shame. So it's a continuous cycle. And really to interrupt that cycle, it starts by removing those food labels, those good, bad labels. Um, so it's like when I get the question, is this healthy? Well, how do you define healthy? What are you prioritizing? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time, you know, what I prioritize might be different than what you prioritize. Yes. For example, maybe I'm not a huge salt fan. So I don't really prioritize sodium in food because I don't add a lot of salt. So, you know, I'm already naturally conscious. I don't like that taste. But I'm going to be more conscious of added sugar, for example. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times labeling something good, bad, Mm -hmm. reinforces that negative relationship um, and makes us think that things are off limits. And then again, just fuels that cycle. Yeah. No, I love that. I try to use kind of the term alignment, right? Like, is this in mm-hmm. alignment with my goals, with the way I want to eat? You know, kind of this 80, 20, you know, 80% of the time mm-hmm. we try to prioritize eating in alignment with our goals, right? And then 20% yes. of the time in, have your indulgences have, and because you, you already kind of plan for that, there is mm-hmm. no guilt, right? There's, mm-hmm. you know, you can have, have your wine, have your ice cream, have whatever it mm-hmm. is. And it's okay. Like it, it's okay. Food food should be fun and joyful yeah. and not this thing that we use to either reward or punish ourselves. That was my next one. Um, <laughs> so hold on. What was I going to say before that? You said something that made me, uh, Alignment, uh yeah, 80, 20. So, yeah, the 20, so the 20% also, you know, going back to that verbiage, it's not mm-hmm. you're cheating 20% of the time you are okay to treat yourself yeah so again yeah. limiting that word cheat like I always get people who were previously stuck in a diet mentality be like oh I cheated no. this is not a marriage you do not yeah. cheat you just enjoy food like you're supposed to like food yeah. is a social thing it's nostalgic especially especially for those of us who are affiliated with military and are far from home it can elicit a lot of feelings to make us feel like we're connected when we're thousands of miles away And so, you know, viewing it, not just as the calorie or protein content or fiber content, but as an experience, as a pleasurable activity, as something that connects us with family and friends and memories, you know, that's, that's what it's about. So that's number one. Um, Number two, so you just said food is a reward and punishment, eliminate food as reward. And I, 
I'm sure a lot of you are parts of families or you have children or you have nieces or nephews, or this even just relates to yourself, but eliminating food as a reward. And the best analogy I can give you as to why you should do that is you did nothing to deserve your shower this morning. So why do you need to do something to deserve food? Why? You don't, right? Like you live, you exist, you need food, just like you eventually need a shower. Like you don't have to be dirty to shower. You could be clean, but you just know like, oh, I like showering every day, you know? So we need to normalize food, but we also need to remove its value as a reward or a punishment. Mm. And I mean, we all in American culture grow up with food as a reward. You go to the dentist, you survive a cleaning, you get ice cream. You go to the doctor, you get a shot, you get a lollipop. Like, you know, there's, there's, it's just, it's there, it's surrounded by us. You answer a question right in school before all the allergy restrictions, you got a piece of candy. Like, it's just how it was. And so a lot of us are continuing that, but we need to interrupt that generational food reward system. Um, so, you know, if your kids are really good, come up with some alternative non-food rewards. And it might be hard, um, but even for yourself, you need to do that. So for me, like, I don't deserve or I don't earn a bowl of ice cream. If I want ice cream, I have it. But if I do something, I really... I'm proud of or achieve a goal, I'll treat myself by the way of getting some type of self-care, getting massage, getting my nails done, yes. but it doesn't have to be related to food. And it doesn't have to be expensive either. Um, I mean, you could literally go to TJ Maxx and get like a $10 new workout shirt if you wanted to. You probably spend less on like a $10 shirt than you would on like a gourmet meal somewhere. Mm. Um, so, and, and I don't want to say that food can't be a celebration. You know, like if you got a promotion and you want to celebrate, you want to go out to dinner, it's Valentine's Day, you want to go out to dinner. That's not the same as food as a reward. So we want to eliminate food as a reward um, because that will remove some of that value mm. um, because, you know, food being a reward, typically when the food is a reward, the food is a less desirable option that's not as in alignment with our goals. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then all of a sudden we think, well, that that's more valuable than a fruit or a vegetable because I only get it when this happens. Yeah. So eliminating food as a reward, eliminating good and bad are two like the biggest ways to really heal that relationship with food. I love that. Yeah. And just giving yourself, like, I think it's also important. And I've been talking about this a lot lately is he healthy food, like finding the healthy foods that, that you enjoy too. Right. Like it's not like you you must eat kale in order to be healthy. <laughs> like if you don't like kale, you don't have to eat it. Um yeah. you know, and I think it's really valuable to have, you know, items in your fridge that you're like, okay, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm hungry, I'd like a snack, you know, and having like tangelos are in season right now. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, baby, I'm gonna get me some tangelos. So I have those in my fridge right now. I have keys That's in my awesome. fridge because I love them, right? Um, yeah. And so, like having, like for me, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to grab something that's not healthy because I have these fresh op options that mm -hmm. I'm excited are in season. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. And that there's a lot to be said about having an inventory of options. Mm -hmm. So 
being able to have that. And then also, you know, just like you said, if, if you want it, you know, eat it. Like you want the tangelo. Tangel I've never actually had one. I can spell it. A lot of times I can spell things and not say it. But anyways, <laughs> um, anyways, if you, the more you tell yourself you can't have something, the more it gives that food value and you mm-hmm. give it that power. So you want yeah. to take back that power with the relationship. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Okay. So is there anything that you either see commonly or get asked commonly that you want to talk about um, for this kind of little Q&A? It's hard because we don't have anyone, you know, live here to kind of get vibes of like what other people are, are wanting to learn. Yeah. Um, I do want to share, I know we talked about, you know, the dirty dozen and the, the clean 15. Um, and I do want to share, I, I have the definitions here of like what organic and made with organic means. So I did oh, want to yes. share that. Yes, yes. Um, and then, um, I would say this isn't a question I necessarily get a lot, but it's a problem I see and um, uh, tools I've used to kind of combat the struggle that a lot of women I work with have. And Mm -hmm. that is that sometimes they have a plan, but they're, they get too overwhelmed. And by the end of the day, they don't want to make the dinner meal that's on that plan. Mm -hmm. And we all do it, right? Like you could plan to make that dinner, but maybe your day was just way more stressful. And you're like, I just need something easy tonight. So what I recommend in that case is um, for each person, for everybody, um, coming up with three meals that can be kind of like your go-to meals on those like busy overwhelm nights. So I just did this with a client earlier. We came up with one meal for a crock pot, one meal for an instant pot, and one meal for freezer to oven. Um, where like, I just really don't have the time energy that I thought I was going to have. So I just need something that I can put from the freezer to the oven. So it's a strategy I recommend, you know, the, the women or the, the members of your group have their meal plans, right? They know like what to eat, but in reality, you know, 80, 20, right? Like we don't always, we're not always perfect. Um, and again, that's another thing that we want to remove as far as the, the relationship with food Absolutely. Um, because life is fluid, but in that case, you know, having a plan B can be very helpful. And so I challenge each person to really kind of come up with what are your three super easy balanced meals that you can make when you're too busy or overwhelmed to follow the plan that you have or just like unmotivated and lazy I want to like throw that out there like there are just some nights where I'm like nah I mean even mm-hmm. yesterday you know full disclosure right like I I'm on day one of my period right lower energy and mm-hmm. uh and sorry my husband I'm like ah I, I, I don't know what you want to do for dinner. Like I got, I got no plans. He's like, why don't I just do that chicken soup? Yeah. It's easy. You know, we've been like doing so much chicken soup because I pretty much always have carrots mm-hmm. in, in the fridge. Right. I usually have celery. I don't now, but right now what I've been doing instead is adding <laughs> frozen corn, you know, because I got in my freezer. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I always have chicken broth. I always have chicken, like spices mm-hmm. are spices because it's not hard. Yep. Throw it in the instant pot. It's done in like 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So having those go-to meals is like so important because that we we all go through it. Like either it's a hard day, it's a tough day, it's I just really don't give in anything yeah. right now day, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. Like I have my own plenty, plenty of time. Um, so coming up with those kind of like and it doesn't have to be three, it could be one if you want to make it easier. 
-hmm. But the reason I say three and the three different cooking methods is because it gives you three different cooking methods, three different time limits, and three different like cuisine types. So you could do like a spicy one, an Asian one, a Mexican one, a plain one, whatever it might be, so Mm -hmm. that you have so many options um, available to you. Yeah. And I think that's, that, I mean, it's awesome. I am like, and now I'm thinking about like, what, what can I make that's like freezer to oven ready? I'm, I'm my own, my own wheels are turning, but yeah. yeah and I think it's just good to also acknowledge that like, no matter at like how healthy you are or how much expertise you have in this, like we all have those days. There's this like myth that like healthy people like get it right all the time. It's like, no, man, we just have systems in place and yeah. habits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're that's what it's about. And I also say, you know, on that note too, um, if you have a lot of time and energy, double the recipe you're going to make and freeze half. Because then when that next lazy night comes, you already know you have a fresh cooked, balanced meal in aligned with your goals. And you can just pop it in the microwave or the oven or the toaster oven or whatever it might be. It's already done. So a lot of times that's what I say too, especially if you really like the meal, mm-hmm. freeze it. Like there's no harm in freezing extras. For those times when when you're extra busy or as you yeah. like to call it lack of motivation or lazy <laughs> I don't like the word lazy necessarily I because yeah. I because most of the time a lot of us especially you know we're, we're busy but we're productive so it's not even lazy it's just drained yeah um, no and it's, that's okay it's so true yeah. so it happens it happens to all of us it happens to me it happens to you Ash like it's it's life so having totally. those kind of strategies in place can be helpful I love it. Um, and then let's see if there's any other. I don't. I don't think there's anything else. I mean, I'm obviously happy to answer more questions, and hopefully the next group call more people can tune in live. Um, get a better vibe for you know what questions come up, and a lot of times you know when I'm answering it, kind of ends up bringing more questions yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. But are there any others that you can think of that might be helpful? Yeah, I'm trying to think of questions that have come up in our our calls. Well, so one, I just got on uh, the call today and, you know, I, I answered it kind of in, in, from my perspective, but was about like intermittent fasting. And, and to me, okay. like fasting has benefits, but I consider it more advanced level stuff. I, you know, would r- much rather people heal their relationship with food, you know, work mm-hmm. on the basics, work on the habits before you start fasting for mitochondrial health. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of where I stand on it. So I actually wrote a review article on this back when I was in Boston um, and published it. So I, I, I love and hate this topic for a few reasons. I love it because it's a new, exciting idea. I love mm-hmm. it because it's new advances in science. Mm-hmm. I don't love it because a lot of times skipping breakfast is now glorified as intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And that's not the same thing, um, in my opinion technically it is but you know it's it's I'm intermittent fasting but if you never ate breakfast are you intermittent fasting I don't know Mm -hmm. a lot of the studies have only been done in animal models so like rat mice models um so there's a lot of limitations out there as far or on men (laughs) there you go yep Yep. yeah (laughs) um and most of the studies are very small so when we're thinking of science um, I don't know, you know, the members of your group, like, what kind of background they have. But when we think about science, we're thinking about studies and we're thinking about, you know, research backed recommendations. Mm-hmm. If it's a small study, meaning it was just done in a few people, 
we can't make a whole ton of conclusions. If it was just done in animals, we don't necessarily know it's the same in humans. So there's a lot of limitations to the studies that are out there. I also agree that it can be a higher level. Um, and it's much more important, again, from this healing food perspective, healing the relationship with food, it's so much more important because you have to think about what's sustainable for life. And you're always going to need to have a good relationship with food. You might not always practice intermittent fasting. Right. Now, as far as the like research out there, um, the studies so far have shown that, you know, there might be a little bit more weight loss with intermittent fasting, but over a six to 12 month period, it's the same as just a caloric deficit. So yeah. why put yourself through it? Now, if you're the kind of person who, like I have a friend who does kitchen open, kitchen closed for her kids because they want to eat all day long, mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, you're setting those parameters for yourself, but you're not, you know, starving your body just to make it till 12 o'clock to eat again. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think there can be some advantages. Um, obviously, it's part of some religious practices. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about yeah. voluntary, non-religious, non-cultural. Um, <laughs> That's funny too. I just realized we're recording this on Fat Tuesday. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah. yeah. So not talking about religious purposes. Obviously, you know, do what's in alignment alignment with your faith um, and your spirituality. Um, but I'm talking about like you know the voluntary day to day. There might be some benefits, but in terms of weight loss and and everything else, again, it's so important to go back to the basics because you're not going to put your first grade student into eighth grade math, right? And right now, if you're trying to go to eighth grade math and you haven't done first grade or you don't remember first grade, because a lot of us have become kind of brainwashed by our Mm -hmm. diet culture, right? Mm -hmm. Don't remember first grade, then, hey, we need to go back to first grade before we can add in all these like X's and Y's. Absolutely. you know, that's, that's kind of where I stand with that. No, I totally agree. And I think too, you know, in order to do, in order to fast safely, you have to be very in tune with your body. Like I will intermittent fast in periods, right. Mm -hmm. In for, for things like mitochondrial and gut health. Right. But I do it in a specific span of time. And, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I've, I've had to break fast because I'm like, okay, like my body isn't responding well. I'm listening to my body. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to break this fast. And I think if people haven't healed that relationship with food, if they haven't gotten in tune with the signals their body is giving them, it's so much more difficult to do these next level things safely. Mm-hmm. So then you're going back to the same thing that happens with diet culture, where you're damaging your body and doing more damage yeah. than good. Yeah. And that actually reminds me, I'm going to see if it will, will it let me share my screen if I pull something up real quick? Um, yeah, if it doesn't, if it tells you it doesn't, I can share permissions. Yeah, it says I can. But um, this is kind of just a reminder of like going back to the basics. So I just want to share this real quick. Um, maybe it won't let me. That's okay. Um, no worries. I'll just explain it. I'm a visual person, so I like sharing. Oh, it, here. But I just, oh, I just changed it. Yeah, so you should be able to now. Perfect. Okay, perfect, perfect. So technology. This is one of my favorite tools talking about being in tune with your body, talking about the relationship with food. Have you touched on like body cues and listening to your body? A little bit, although okay. I'm so I, I'm not seeing your screen. I haven't shared it yet. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, I'm I was just giving it. like the the pre <laughs> the, the the prologue to the to the shared gotcha. screen. 
Um, I talk a little bit about it as far as kind of um, symptoms of detoxing and and, okay. and non-scale victories, like kind of things that you mm-hmm. want to look for as you're cleaning your diet. So talk about it in that context. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to share this. Um, this is my favorite tool as far as listening to your body. And again, you were just saying, you know, you had a break fast, you were hungry. So this is what actually kind of triggered that. Um, and I'm going to share this. And then one other thing too, is that intermittent fasting can actually be detrimental to your goals in the sense that, you know, if you're only eating between a window of 12 PM and 8 PM, but you're working at 6 AM and your goal is to build muscle, you're not repleting those energy, those energy stores, the protein stores. You're not going to build that muscle because you broke it down and you didn't feed your body for six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it has to be in alignment with what your goals are. But this is one of my favorite tools. Can you see it? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to do it this way so you can see the whole thing. So this is the hunger Perfect. fullness scale. And what this is, is it's a great way to reconnect with our body, to heal that relationship with food, to understand when we're hungry and when we're full. Because of course, you know, portions, calories, you know, measuring that can go a long ways. But if we're not listening to our body, then we're actually, we can be missing a lot. So this scale goes from zero to 10. And zero is you are just so painfully hungry that you literally cannot function. Whereas 10 is you are just so painfully full, you can't move. And five is like you're neutral. You're not hungry. You're not full. So Ash, I'm going to use you as my guinea pig. Where are you at on the scale right now? Um, probably like a three to four. This okay. is getting around dinner time for me. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So we ideally want to eat between that three to four and we want to eat until we're about a six to a seven. So we're, mm-hmm. we're keeping a pretty narrow window. But what this is doing is listening to our body, making sure that, you know, we're feeding it nutritiously. So we have a scale of zero to 10, five is neutral. We want to eat when we're at about a three. We want to eat until we're about a seven. That's kind of like our, our window there. Um, and again, healing that relationship with food. If you're hungry, you're truly hungry, then, you know, maybe you do need to eat more. You know, maybe you need to honor that body hunger. I always like to give the disclaimer that it's not always truly hunger. Like you might actually be thirsty um, or you might be bored. And this is a great tool for those times, the boredom and emotional eating, especially when, yeah. you know, on our cycle. And that's very common, right? Mm-hmm. This is such a great tool to really get back in tune with our bodies. So I know that was kind of a tangent from the intermittent fasting, but this, no, I love this is so kind of critical to being in tune with our body. And you talk so much about alignment that I feel like it would just be, I don't know, it would be missing if I didn't share this. So I want to yeah. share this um, with your group. Yeah, I would love to. If you can send that to me, I would love to yeah, um, get these to, get that to everyone because I think that is a wonderful resource. Yeah, um, for es- sure. Especially when you're, because uh, we talk a lot about creating awareness, right? Creating awareness mm-hmm. around our body, our habits, our triggers, um, and and having that real talk of, okay, am I hungry or am I bored? Am I hungry yeah. or am I stressed? Am I hungry or am I mad at my mom? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? No, it's like, so true. Yeah. And I talk so much about emotional eating with my clients. And this is the exact one of the tools I use because even for myself, again, you know, even though we're the experts in these areas, we have feelings and emotions and we're not, you know, stoic chest pieces. Um, So, you know, it's such a helpful tool to try to, again, get back in tune with with what's going on. Yep. I love it. Awesome. 
Anything else that we didn't touch on? Oof, I we feel like that was a really lot. good stuff. Yeah, this this was jam packed. No, yeah. I love this. This was great conversation. And again, I'm so I'm so thankful to have you on the team. Um, Yay. I, I just I every time we get to talk, I'm like, and this is this is why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for real. Oh my gosh, just the 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 fact that you even say alignment like that is just one of my words. Like it's just mm-hmm. speaking the soul and like the heartbeat of my business and my life and my passion. So I am am happy to be able to share my nuggets of wisdom with you guys. I love it. Well, my dear, um, I will let you go. Thank you again. And okay. uh, if folks have any follow up questions, I'll be sure mm-hmm. to send them your way. Sounds good. All Thanks right, for having have a me. good night. You've just finished another episode of the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. If you like the show, can you do me a favor? Go rate and review it. I would really appreciate it. And once you do, post a picture and tag at Ash McGee Coach so I can shout you out. Talk to you next week.